Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you and praise you for this day, Father. We thank you for this opportunity to come together to fellowship you, Father, to worship you. Father, we thank you and praise you for this opportunity to preach the gospel, and we give you the praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen. <clears throat> so, um, y'all know I start off with jokes. Sometimes they're good jokes, sometimes they're not good jokes. Y'all got to laugh anyway. It's part of the contract, and you sign when you can No, I, no. So, um, you know, with all this COVID stuff, people have had special hours for seniors and for different things. So this grocery store had started as having senior hour, and it started at 8 o'clock. Well, at 7.45, the line was already out into the parking lot. The seniors are waiting to get into the grocery store, and this young man came up and tried to cut in line in front of the lady in the front, and she whacked him with the cane said, get out of here. And so he went back a little bit, and he came back again and tried to slip around the other side. And this old man whacked him with his cane and said, no, get out of here. He said, hey, listen, y'all never going to get in the store if y'all don't let me unlock the door. <clears throat> <clears throat> they thought he was going to cut. All right, so uh, today is the, the, the third and final um, episode, or whatever you want to call it, the, the last part of the series. And the series is called Blood Bought. And uh, we talked about uh, week one, we talked about how valuable uh, blood is, right, in general, right? We found out that you have about, not everybody, but most everybody has about 1.6 gallons of blood in their body. And that's what you run off of. And without that, in a few minutes, you're not here anymore. Um, so then we talked about Jesus' blood and how valuable that blood is. And then last week, we talked about <clears throat> the ways that Jesus bled leading up to Holy Week. It was actually in the middle of Holy Week. We talked about the crown of thorns that were put on his head, the shame and the curse that was created when Adam and Eve was kicked out of the garden, that the thorns were originated from the curse. And then later, Jesus actually wore that curse on his head as he was mocked and, and beaten. And then we talked about the stripes of Jesus as he toted those the lashings of the cat of nine tails that 39 times on his back, how his flesh was ripped from his body and, and that blood fell that paid for our healing, right? And so this week, we're going to just get further into the transaction. And I want you to think about it because everybody has a different perspective on stuff. But I want you to think about this as a contract negotiation, right? That there is a currency involved in the equation and there's a contract that's being made, right? So when Adam and Eve showed up, there was no contract. It was like a handshake agreement. Everybody's happy. Don't eat from those two trees. You control everything. And then they didn't hold up their end of the handshake agreement, right? And then what happened? They got banished from the garden, right? And cursed. And the snake was cursed. And then the thorns came. And man would labor. And he wouldn't live forever, right? That was the first time. You know, when God created man, it didn't have an expiration date on Adam and Eve didn't have an expiration date, right? The Bible says that the wages of sin are death. And without sin, if they would have stayed in the garden, they'd have never died. They'd have just been there. But after they sinned, then the wages of sin are death. So then God worked a new contract, right? And it was the old covenant now. It was the new covenant then. And so God said, hey, look, you have sin. That sin has to be paid for by blood. And so they would take the blood offerings and they would sacrifice the animals and take that blood and offer it as a sacrifice to God to cover that sin. Cover. Cover that sin. And then that, that old covenant, that old contract, stayed in the place for thousands of years. Up until this week, right? Theoretically, this week, right? Because when Jesus was on the cross and says, it is finished, 
And that's, we're going to get to that a little bit in a minute. But when he said, it is finished, it is finished was the old contract. The old, because up until then, right, up until he said, it is finished, God still lived in the Holy of Holies. There was still a curtain in the Holy of Holies. There was still this huge uh, curtain that held, um, that separated the Holy of Holies where people couldn't see it. And God still lived inside of the Holy of Holies. When Jesus said, it is finished, the curtain was then rent in two. And they say it's like five or six inches wide. I mean, it's not a paper thin. It wasn't like a, a veil. It was a, it was a pretty hefty deal, right? And when it is finished, God left the Holy of Holies. And the old covenant and the old contract was null and void. There was no more sacrifice of lambs and goats or birds or whatever to cover the sin. Because the ultimate sacrifice, right, the, the, the number one currency, the new deal, the new contract had been negotiated. Now, if you ever negotiated contracts, there's a beginning, right, to where we talk about what I want and what you want and what I need and what you need and what it's going to cost me, right? And so the contract was being negotiated of what I want. Well, what Jesus wanted was to cover us from sin, right? To save us from going to hell. He wanted us healed and he wanted us redeemed from the curse. The shame that Adam and Eve felt when they were cursed in the garden, Jesus wanted us redeemed from that. So we had to be bought back. We had to be redeemed. We had to be atoned, right? And we had to be healed. So that was his terms of the contract. So to be able to afford those terms of the contracts, he was mocked spit on, betrayed, crown of thorns, beaten with a stick, beaten with a cat and nine tails, and hung on the cross. And that's almost everything he had to do in the contract negotiation. But the terms of the agreement have to include my part. And my part is a part of a sinner. And if I'm a part of a sinner, my part of the contract, I deserve nothing but death and hell. And so when the contract got to there, it gets a little more difficult, right? This is why on, let's say, Tuesday night, Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane, I'm pretty sure it was Tuesday night, said, if there's any other way to get what I want from you, let's do that. And that's not what he said. He said, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, please, right? But not my will be done, your will be done. But if there's any other way I can pay for this contract without giving you exactly what was required, let's do that. But the truth is for it to be a valid contract, he has to pay my full penalty, right? And, and what's funny is, not funny, God's awesome, he's not funny. What's amazing is, is God covered that like years ago, right? Like years and years and years ago, King David wrote Psalms of exactly what was getting ready to happen. Now, isn't that amazing that you can go back to the book of Psalms and we go to 23 and it's, he's my shepherd and the grass is green and the water's cool and all of that. But if you back up just a little bit, 16 and 22, those two are pretty tough, right? I mean, it is pretty tough. And, and so I want to start reading um, Man, I don't want to read too much. Let's just say 1610. All right, all right, 
well, 16.9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices and my body will also rest secure because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, nor will you let your faithful ones see decay. So he's talking about Jesus, right? He will not abandon him in the realm of the dead. Well, where is that? And, 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 and there's a lot of folks, there's a lot of folks, a lot of folks, maybe here, maybe not here, maybe you heard it, maybe you haven't heard it, who want to say that Jesus went to paradise. Now, he did go to paradise at some point in time. He did because he preached the gospel and led captivity captive. He did go to paradise. But my contract could not be fulfilled if Jesus went to paradise. I am not a practicing Jew. I have never had sacrifices made in front of me. I have not washed my hands appropriately. I have not eaten appropriately. I do not deserve paradise. At no point in time, I didn't earn that. What I earned is the bottom of the pits of hell. When the eternal damnation and torment, that's what I earned. Therefore, if there is a contract that's being negotiated and I'm paid in full and I have been redeemed 100% and he paid my penalty and your penalty, because I know some of y'all too also earned the bottom of the pits of hell, then he went to hell for those three days and three nights and he was tormented and he was separated from God and he suffered, he suffered spiritual death. Now let me tell you, when he got on the cross... And, and this is a tough situation for you to under, for me to understand, for me to process. But the Bible says that the wages of sin is death, right? And, and that's the guarantee, right? What did they say? Death and taxes. That's guarantee. The guarantee, right? But the guarantee for Jesus was this, he couldn't have died. And, and now think about it. He had no sin. He was holy and blameless. He was invincible. He could not be killed. And you go, wait a minute, he's human. He's, yeah, 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 he's human, flesh and blood. He had not committed the sin to earn the wages of sin, right? So until he took my sin on the cross, right? And that's what he did, right? For the first time, for the first time ever, instead of saying, Father, on the cross, he says, my God, my God, why did you forsake me? That doesn't sound like Jesus. Now, all the times we had heard him talk, he never used the word God when he referred to his father. He said, I'm the son of God. I mean, I'm my father in heaven, constantly. But for the first time when he took on my sin on the cross, right, he, then he earned my punishment, which was death and hell. And he paid that price. That's part of the contract. That was part of the negotiation. And y'all know the story. I mean, well, if you don't, we talk about it. What is the body of Christ called? What are we called? We're called the hands and feet of Christ, right? Where did they, where did they stab him? Then his hands and feet. We were crucified on the cross with him. And then he went into the pits of hell and paid my penalty and your penalty. And then if you want to turn to the exciting part of today. Uh, let's see. Yeah, um, so earlier I said here they just finished. That actually, you can see that John um, uh, chapter 19, verse 30, it says it is finished. But if you go to the John chapter 20, right? Now, I always thought this was interesting, John's account of going to the tomb. Mary had went there at first light and saw that the tomb was open. And then, and then the two disciples ran to the tomb, right? And John always, John always refers to himself in a, 
in a funny way. So let's read that up. John chapter 20. Early in the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, comma, the one Jesus loved, period. That's me, right? That's who John was. John was talking about me, and it was me, you know, the one that Jesus loved, and said they had... They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb, and both were running. And what John says is, I'm faster than Peter. I outrun him there. I outrun him there long enough that I got inside, and I saw his dressing, and I saw he wasn't there. Right? It's a pretty tough way to brag about how quick you are, but I guess John felt like that was important. And Simon, Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb, and he saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth he had been wrapped around Jesus' head, and the cloth was still lying in the place, separated from the linen. And finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside and saw, and they believed. And then the disciples went back where they were staying. So they left, okay? So they ran there, they inspected the situation, and then they went back to tell everybody what had taken place. Now, I think it's amazing that Jesus got here in swaddling clothes and left here in swaddling clothes. But that's just side note and free. So, the guys ran there, saw what happened, and left. Mary, she, she, she didn't take it as well. She did not, she did not, she was not okay she wanted closure. She wanted to actually see, touch, feel his body and prepare him for burial, right? I mean, that's really what she wanted to do. She wanted the, the setting up part of what we do now, right? She wanted a closure to see his physical body for the last time. So she went back. Now Mary stood outside of the tomb crying as she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been. One at the head and the other at the foot. And they asked her, woman, why are you crying? <clears throat> I mean, dude, you're sitting in his casket. I mean, why, what do you mean? Why, why am I crying? I mean, this man has meant so much to us. He came here and he, he taught us and he lived with us and he, he ate with us and he drank with us and he cared for us. And he told us how much God loved him and they killed him. What do you mean? Why am I crying? Why are you not crying? They have taken my Lord away, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, and she did not recognize him. And he asked her, he asked her, woman, why are you crying, and who are you looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, he said, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, please tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. <clears throat> why y'all crying? <clears throat> And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned around to him <clears throat> and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, <clears throat> which means teacher, right? He didn't, she didn't recognize him until he called her by his name, her name. <clears throat> All right, so the interesting part of this, and, and, and this is, to me, the final part of the negotiation of the contract. This is it. Everything had been done, you know, um, if you, if you buy a house or you buy a property or whatever, there's a time from when you sign the contract and then the terms are agreed upon and then you actually get the keys. But in the middle of that, there's an awkward pause to where 
it's not mine, it's not yours, it's kind of mine, I'm going to buy it, but it's kind of yours because we haven't closed. You know that awkward part? I mean, if you bought a house before, you know that awkward part. Like, I really want the keys and be able to go inside my house. And I'm sorry, we haven't closed yet. The attorney's closes next Thursday. You're going to have to wait. Well, this is kind of in the middle of that section, right? This is, in the, this is in the awkward point of the contract had been negotiated, the terms have been agreed upon, but we're waiting on the finances to hit. Right? This is what this is. And Jesus told her, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and to your God. Now this is the first time that God became her Father. And why? Because when he ascended, the Holy of Holies, the, 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 the veil had been rent in two. God had left the Holy of Holies. That was no longer the holy place. The altar was no longer in an earthly place. But the sacrifice had been made and the blood was still there. And the blood still had to be laid on the altar for the payment. Right? The payment still had to happen. So when he told her, don't touch me yet. I, I haven't paid the bill yet. I haven't quite finished the deal yet. When he ascended right there, he walked into the Holy of Holies in heaven. And on the altar, he poured out his blood. And that blood is what saved me. Then the deal was done. The contract was accomplished. All of the terms had been agreed upon. Now it was available. My God and your God. My Father and your Father. And up until then, there was no mine and yours. We weren't heirs of Christ. We weren't joint heirs. We were not children of God. They were servants. Up until this moment in time, when it freezes, up until right then, there was no salvation for the world. There was no nothing. There was no agreement. There was no contract that covered you. There was no nothing. When he walked into the Holy of Holies and laid the most valuable sacrifice that could have been made, the blood of the innocent lamb on the Holy of Holies, then and only then can you say what it says in Hebrews, that he bought me back from my sin. Then you can say it says in Ephesians that I have been redeemed. Then and only then have I been saved from the curse. Up until then, it was only a promise. It was a promissory note of something to come. It was not something that already, a transaction that had already taken place. At this moment, the contract was complete. And when he walked into the Holy of Holies and laid his blood on the altar, the contract was done. Can you imagine how glorious of a day in heaven that was? <clears throat> I can't. <clears throat> so turn with me, Ephesians uh, chapter 1 and, and, and verse 17. And, and this, is where it, this is where it gets good. 
right? In him we have redemption through his blood. We have the forgiveness of sins in understanding. He made known to us the mystery and according to his good pleasure, which he proposed in Christ, a purpose in Christ to be put in effect when the time reaches their fulfillment. So when, when it got to be time, that's when the contract was complete. That's when the penalty was paid. You go back to the beginning of when Jesus first got here, right? And, and, and John said, behold, the Lamb of God, right? Still a promise. John three sixteen. so he loved the whole world that he gave his only son. Still a promise. That I go to prepare a place for you and you can't come yet. Still a promise. That my body is broken and my blood is spilled for you. Still a promise. Everything leading up until when he walks in the Holy of Holies is nothing more than a promise of God. Now, I'm okay with promises of God because I base my life around the promises of God. In fact, if you get to where Romans 10 and 10 says, it, it really gets to the real promise. So, so turn with me. I didn't have that mark, so I'm just going to take me a second. Corinthians, Romans, Acts. Oh, I got Romans covered up. Romans 10 and 10. That, that, that's the promise of God. So, 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 all right, so before we get to there, so contracts, so the contract has been made. It's, it, it's done. You now have access to eternal life. You have access to forgiveness of your sins, and you have access to healing. You have access to Romans 5 or 8 says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You have access you don't have it yet, but you have access. It's been paid for. So if you go through the real estate deal, right, and, and you go to the lawyer's office and the money changes hands and everybody's happy, and we have the buyer's time and the seller's time, and they hand you the keys, you have access to the house. Does that mean you live there? I mean, in theory, yes, because you go through a, a contract and you're not going to pay money for somewhere not to live. But I mean, really, do you live there just because they handed you the keys? No, you just have access to that house. You could have access to that house your entire life, walk around with those keys right in front of you your entire life and never step foot in the door. Now, that's kind of silly, right? It's kind of silly to have a contract that has been paid for and bought, 100% financed, done. You walk around with the keys and you have access Yet you never enjoy to spend the night in your house. But I mean, it could happen, right? You could have a contract to where somebody gave you a house or whatever, and you have the keys forever, and you go, hey, I got a house. Well, did you go to the house? Oh, no, I don't, I don't actually want to live there. I, I don't actually want to take advantage of what was bought for me. I just like to know the idea that I could one day if I wanted to. How many folks do you know to say, I, there's one right here local, that, I want to be a Christian, but I don't want to be a Christian yet. I want to go to heaven, but I don't, want, I, don't want, I don't want to get saved yet. I still got some stuff I want to do. Oh, man, that's, that's a Russian roulette, as they say, right? That's pretty tough. But once the contract was made and the, and the blood was paid for, we have access to the things that he bought. We don't. We don't have them. We don't have them. Why don't we have them? Because we've not taken advantage of the contract. It's there. It's in place. It's been paid for. It's been blood bought. 
The most precious substance that's ever been on the planet. Not diamonds, not gold, not oil, not anything else. I'm not smart enough to know what the answer is. It's more expensive than that. The most valuable commodity to ever step foot on dirt was paid for me to have access. Well, how do I get my access? Well, a couple places they discuss that, but a good one to start is Romans chapter 10, um, verse 9. And if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it's with the heart that you believe and are justified, and with the mouth <clears throat> you profess your faith and are saved. So, and, and then 11 says, the scripture says anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame. Why is that that they will never be put to shame? Oh, because he already paid my shame penalty. He's already paid my sin penalty. He's already paid my healing penalty. He's already paid my hell penalty. But I have access, but I have to take advantage of the situation. I got to put the key in the door and turn it and walk in. I have to step through the threshold to become a Christian to enjoy all of the promises that come with the contract. Right? All of that, that I'm an heir and a joint heir with Christ, that I have the blessings of Abraham on the Gentiles because Jesus bought them back for me because he was cursed and hung on a tree. All of those things that were bought back, that I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out. Right? All of those things are available. You have access to them. But you've got to pull your part of the bargain. Now, it's not by works. I'm not saying because you're a nice person, you get it, or because you did good things, or... And he said, you can give all your money to the poor. You can do whatever. But the truth is, and until you live up to your end of the bargain, which is pretty easy, it's actually just that, that if you believe in your heart and say with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and that God raised him from the dead, that you will be saved, then you're bought in. You put the key in the lock and you walk through the door. You're bought in. You have access to that. Now... My last illustration. <clears throat> Let's say you have a hundred room mansion. All of these wonderful rooms. Every kind of room you can think of. You know, movie theater, bowling alley, indoor pool, spa. All of these wonderful things in this hundred room mansion. And you walk in the foyer, which is pretty nice. And you put your bags down. You shut the door behind you. And you go, man, that's pretty nice. And you stay in the foyer. I mean, you laugh, but how many Christians do you know that live in the foyer that I'm saved, but God wants me busted and broke and disgusted and beat down and sick, and he's teaching me a lesson, and he's trying to show me all these things, and I'm not supposed to have any money, and I'm not supposed to be blessed, and I'm not supposed to have all of these promises. They're living in the foyer. They never make it to the promises. Now, not me. Now, if I got a 100-room mansion, first thing I'm going to do is opening every door in that joint. I want to see everything. Bedroom number 47, ooh, it's gorgeous. I don't know. I love that color on the wall. I mean, I'm telling you, I want every inch of what was paid for. I own a little piece of property right out here. I did it again yesterday. I've done it enough times that I can't remember. I walk every inch down every property line that's why because it's mine because i bought and paid for it 
I don't even owe the bank anything anymore. All I owe is the tax man anymore, but I own every inch of it. And I walk to those corners, and I look, and I walk down the line, and I look, and I look at my trees. I mean, it's not that special of a piece of property, but it is to me. But it's paid for. And so I enjoy every inch of it. Now, if we were Christians and, and thought about this contract, right? And I know you're thinking, man, this is a little far-fetched. It's really not. It's really not. It really is a contract. They really did negotiate terms. They really did have a currency. Somebody wanted something. This is how much it cost. He paid the full price. He didn't negotiate down. Well, he did. He said in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said, hey, you know, is there any chance you come off the full price and I don't have to do all of this? And sweated some blood and, and, and prayed some more and, and, then, and then went on about his business and said, okay, full price it is. And then he paid my full price. And I'm going to challenge you. Well, number one is if you're standing outside with the keys in your hand, please, God, take Romans 9 and 10 to heart. I, I, I mean, and, and look here, if you need help with that, if you need somebody to pray with you, if you are watching on the Internet, and y'all wouldn't believe the people that watch on the Internet. I mean, some of the, you would never pick them out. And every time I yell at a ball game and somebody turns around and looks at me, I go, oh, Lord, I hope they weren't listening last week when I was talking about. <laughs> I didn't say anything bad except the rep was an idiot. But I mean, other than that, I... I but, but, but y'all wouldn't believe the people on the internet or on TV. And listen, if you're watching on the internet or you're watching on TV or you're watching on Pod, listening on Podbean or you're sitting in here, please take the keys and put them in the, in the lock. Please step across the threshold into the house. I'd rather you be in the foyer and be stuck in the foyer than be outside jingling the keys. Man, that's a tough situation. Don't, please don't be outside jingling the keys. But if you have stepped foot in the foyer... I don't know. Let's, let's get into the living room a little bit. Let, let, let's, let's explore just a smidge. I mean, all of the promises of God that Jesus bought and paid for, I feel kind of bad if we don't live for them because he paid for every one of them. I mean, he was tortured and beaten and humiliated and spit on and mocked. And they wrote, here's the king of the Jews and laughed at him and bowed down to him and just harassed the daylights out of him. I'm like Peter in the garden. They want to come get him. I want to pull the sword. I won't watch the passion of Christ. I won't do it. I don't get the, oh, God is great out of the passion of Christ. I get the, I want to kill somebody out of the passion of Christ. Because watching them beat and torture him and put him through what he went through, because the instant that I understand it, it was for me. It was for me. It's unbearable. It's serious. So I want every inch of what he paid for. If it's healing, I want healing. If it's freedom, I want freedom. If it's no condemnation, I want no condemnation. If it's being blessed, I want to be blessed. If it's salvation, I want salvation. If it's forgiveness, I want forgiveness. If it's love, I want love. If it's grace, I want grace. I want every inch. If it's 4,000 square feet, I don't want 3,999. I want 4,000 square feet. I do not want to leave one leaf unturned of something that he paid for that I'm going to take for granted. And I know that's an odd way to look at it. But if he paid for it, it, I want it. I want every ounce of it. And I want you to have it too. That's the key thing about being a Christian. This is not an exclusive club. It's inclusive. You ain't, never heard a, you ain't never heard a good Christian say, we don't want nobody else. Oh, praise God, we want everybody else. God so loved the world, the whole world, W-O-R-L-D, the whole part of it. 
The people from Mexico, the people from America, the people from Canada, the people from Saudi Arabia, the people from Egypt, and all the rest of those countries, I can't say, Russia, China, Taiwan, he wants every inch of them. He died for all of them and paid all of their price. I want all of them. And I want you to enjoy the fullness of what was paid for. Because the fullness of what's paid for belongs to you. That's part of the contract. That's what the agreement was. That's why he did it. He didn't do it where the right side can be saved and the left side to be damned. He didn't do it because the black folks or the white folks or the yellow folks or the other folks or the pink or purple folks could be saved and some other group could be excluded. It is for every human being on the planet. And the promises of God apply to all of them. All, A-L-L. But you can't stand outside with the keys in your hand. And if you do put the key in the lock, you can't stop in the foyer. If you want the promises of God, if you want the indoor spa, if you want the bowling alley, if you want the theater, you've got to explore. Not all of it is at the foyer. Now, salvation is there, and praise God. Granddaddy used to call it fire insurance. If you got fire insurance, I'm happy you got fire insurance. But please, let's go into the rest of the house. Y'all got it? I mean, it's paid for. I mean, you know, me and Crystal, a couple of times I went to uh, Jamaica and stayed in an all-inclusive resort. And, and, I mean, the restaurants are unbelievable. And the lobster tail is incredible. And it's all, it's a rock lobster, and they're fresh, and they're right there. Every time I sit down to eat, I want a lobster tail. Why? Because I paid for it. I, that thing said all-inclusive. I want all of the, right here, right now. All, A-L-L, all. If it's paid for, I want it. It's that easy. If it's paid for, I want it. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, we just thank you and praise you for this message. Father, we thank you for that you paid for all of our sins, Father, and our forgiveness and our, our condemnation, Father, and our salvation. Father, we just give you the praise and honor and the glory for it. In Jesus' most precious name, amen.